Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Warning. This podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And welcome back to another Stabby Snippets here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara, and as always, I'm joined with my ghoul friend, Jessica. Hello. Hello, hello. And today, Jessica's coming in totally blind. She doesn't even know what case I'm doing, so this is fun. (laughs) We haven't even talked about this. We had it. We've been talking for like a solid hour at this point. She's just like, oh, should I tell you? And I'm like, no. (laughs) So here we are. So today, I originally tried to do something a little different than the usual, and it kind of is. You'll see as we get into this. So today, I'm going to be talking about the Anthony Todd case or the Todd family case. Is this familiar to you at all before I start? No. Okay, perfect. Anthony and his wife, Megan, they were considered to be picture perfect. They were seemingly happily married. They were both physical therapists and they had three children together, Alexander, Tyler, and Zoe. They also owned two homes. One is in Connecticut and the other is in Celebration, Florida. And if you don't know from my understanding, this is kind of like a hoity-toity area of Florida. Someone said developed by Disney. So highbrow a bit. Hmm. Makes sense. It's called Celebration. Right? Anthony had two businesses relating to his practice in physical therapy. One was family and the other was sports. And Megan was homeschooling the children and taking care of them. They were 13, 11, and 4. So kind of those in-between ages. The family would travel back and forth between the homes, essentially, from my understanding, kind of like snowbirds. In the holidays and the winter, they were down in Florida. Mm. And then in the summer months, they'd go back up to Connecticut type of thing. Got it. Mm Mm-hmm. And while the family, the rest of the family, so Megan and the kids, were down in Florida during the cold season, Anthony traveled back and forth because his practices, at least one, if not both, uh, I believe, were in Connecticut. So he was commuting. But, of course, we're here on a true crime podcast, so things are not as they seem, and they definitely aren't as they seem because I was trying to look for a specific kind of case and I stumbled upon this. Let me start off with, we've never really covered any white collar type of crime on the show. It's true. That's what I was originally trying to go for. We do get into that, but then it kind of snowballs into more. So we will start with the stuff I was expecting. (laughs) So Anthony, 
During November of 2019, he was under surveillance by the FBI, by the feds. It was believed that he was running some kind of fake billing scheme similar to a Medicare fraud type of situation with his practices. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. It was said that he allegedly, we have to use allegedly because at this point, you know, Mm -hmm. he would bill clients for sessions that didn't take place. And he would even bill clients who were no longer going to either practice. Oh, shit. That's bad. I know this. <laughs> yeah, I knew this was going to be like, get your attention. So <laughs> I was like, this is a perfect one to tell you. It is. <laughs> <laughs> the nail on the coffin for this was when they were watching his practices was the fact that they were both closed on one specific day due to the fact that he also had gotten his license suspended for some reason. A lot of the stuff's not still coming out at this point because this is a really recent case. Okay. So yeah, and if I'm wrong on that specific detail, it also could have, because I read some conflicting things. Some things said it was already, like back in the fall, it was already suspended and others were saying after certain events, then of course it was suspended. Mm -hmm. But I think the closure and the suspension are a thing. But anyway, that day they were watching, it was closed. It had been closed since before Thanksgiving. And interesting enough, 16 patients had been filed or charged, whatever's the proper term, on that day saying that his practice needed payment for their treatment. So they really got a billing. What kind of doctor is he again? A physical therapist. Ah, PTs. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I like PTs. Anthony had absolutely been living outside of his means pretty immensely, and it had gotten himself into a lot of debt. Not surprising because that's one of the popular motives for these kind of schemes. Mm -hmm. He says that his wife had no clue about any of this or, you know, his work activities, as I'll call them. And this is believable because she was in a different state taking care of the family, you know, out of sight, out of mind. That's believable in my mind. So on top of the debt, things got worse for the Todd family. On December 6th of 2019, they were actually given a notice of eviction due to missing payments on their house in Florida, which they had only been in since May of that year. So they hadn't even been in there a full year yet Mm. due to a balance of $5,000 in back rent due, which really is about he must have been doing partial payments because I believe they said their rent was about or mortgage, whatever it was, was around 4K a month. So I'm not sure what the situation with that is. But it did appear that Anthony was trying to dig himself out of this whole debt fiasco mess by taking out loans and using this scheme and things like that. They ended up finding that he had 20 high interest rate loans in his name. Holy shit. Yeah. And then really to kind of give you the breakdown, how he was trying to move money, it was the money from the scheme to cover the loans the loans to cover the thing at the practices, and then the practices, if he was even making any actual profit, to cover home life. But he has a suspended license, so he can't be practicing. Right. So he was fucked. That's a big no-no. Right. And his money troubles aren't just there in 2019. They actually stem them back to around 2017, where they said they saw that Anthony had transferred more than $99,000. For what? To what? I don't know. Like, do they mean like transferred, like swipe your card transfer? That's all it said. A lot of the, and as we get into the second part of this, a lot of the stuff's like very slowly coming out or not coming out. 
it'll make sense Mm -hmm. why they're like kind of closed off about this. And it's also very recent because it's February and this was all November, December slash January. Mm -hmm. With that shit show happening, things on the family side begin to happen as well. With it being the holidays, the relatives who didn't live nearby were trying to get a hold of, you know, the whole family. So Megan, the kids, him. The only one they were able to reach was Anthony. He had told them that Megan and the kids had been down and out with the flu and were unable to come to the phone or talk, things like that. Well, family members didn't necessarily buy this, and Mm -hmm. they called in to have a welfare check on the Todd's Florida home, since that's where they were supposedly at. So authorities respond to this. On December 29th of 2019, the local police went by to do their check. During the visit, no one had answered the door. There was no response. They, like, checked around and stuff, but nothing looked alarming, so they left. Something to note here before you're like, okay, why didn't they go back? Anything like that? The Todds were known to travel a lot. Of course, they have two homes in two different states, but on top of that, they would go places. That's why they homeschooled their kids so they could travel when they were able to. Yeah. So them not being home really wasn't too out of the ordinary, according to family and then also neighbors. Anthony knew he was under investigation, and he actually spoke at length with the feds and got to a point where he said, okay, we need to stop this. I need to get a lawyer, and my lawyer's back in Florida. They allowed him to come back to Florida to get said lawyer, but he needed to come back after the holidays, and I believe that deadline was January 8th. Well, surprise, surprise, he didn't come back. So the next day, January 9th, they reached out to the local PD informing them on the investigation with Anthony and asked them to go by the home. Again, nothing seemed off or to raise any alarm, and the neighbors would go ahead and confirm that they hadn't seen anything weird. Everything seemed fine from the outside. Then just four days later, so now we're at January 13th, the authorities would go back to their home again. But this time, they were there to serve Anthony a warrant for his arrest on this whole billing scheme. When they got there, Anthony opens the door, and they said they could smell a strong, foul odor. Instantly, they asked if anyone else was home with him, and he said his wife was asleep upstairs and then that all his kids were at a sleepover. It was also noted that Anthony was shaking extremely bad himself and also sweating. They knew something was up. So at this point, the authorities enter the home to see where the smell is coming from, and they call out for Megan and get no answer. So with no answer, they head up the stairs where the smell is getting stronger. They get to a bedroom, and now they have full-blown smell. They find Megan, the three kids, and the family dog, whose name is Breezy, all dead. And Breezy? And Breezy, yes. All of their bodies were wrapped up in blankets. Megan had two stab wounds in her abdomen. Their sons, Alexander and Tyler, who are 13 and 11, had one stab wound in the abdomen each, and their daughter, Zoe, who was four, had no stab wounds at all. And it was also noted that they had early signs of decomp, which, because the smell, makes sense. It's also said during this time that Anthony told the authorities that he had taken a bunch of Benadryl and also made comments in regards to self-harm and suicide. Shortly after this, he would be arrested, of course, and then he would confess to have killing his family and their dog. Now, the official cause of death for the rest of the Todd family has not been released as of right now. They're still waiting on the results from the toxicology report. They have also not released an exact date of death, which makes sense. It's speculated that they were possibly killed around New Year's Eve or so, considering the first couple well checks, there was no weird odor or anything like that. 
but they also didn't even get inside the house. So there is that too. And we won't have any confirmation on that until obviously they get the results and then whatever they do release to the public. Mm -hmm. After that, Anthony was set at no bail with four counts of second degree murder and one count of animal cruelty, which in a more recent article said had already been settled. So he must have already got his sentencing for that. He did enter a written plea of not guilty and also a waiver of arraignment. So the pretrial will begin on April 15th and then court will proceed on April 20th. Now, on the outside, because there's more to this, there's more to this story. It looks like just kind of the basic, they're drowning in debt, they're used to living this highbrow life, you know, he's about to go away to prison for this fraud scheme, loses businesses, he's already lost his license, etc. Which I mean, you know, those could be factors, but there's actually a bit of a family backstory to Anthony that people are speculating could have played a factor as well into his actions, maybe. And it's fucking crazy. So I'm going to tell you about it before I hear some thoughts from you because I can already see you thinking. So I'll give you all kind of the short version because, of course, this is a stabby. So when Anthony was four, his family fell victims to a home invasion by two men. And it was just him and his mother at home that night. His father, I believe, was a professor. He was away at a like a night class teaching. Well, the two men would end up shooting her in the face. Oh. She lived, though. She'd have, of course, permanent damage physically and I'm sure internally as well, but she lived. And little four-year-old Anthony saw the whole thing. Here's the kicker. The intruders spotted him, saw that he saw everything, but they didn't hurt him. When they saw him, they picked him up and they put him back in his bed in his room. Hmm. Sketch. Because a few months later, it would come out that Anthony's father had actually hired prior students to murder his wife. <gasps> mm-hmm. His dad had been living a double life at the time and was having an affair and not just an affair to get laid. Oh, shit. Way more than that. He was actually engaged to this other woman and they were planning their wedding and everything. And literally the night of his wife's attack, they were picking out stuff for their wedding cakes. They were taking pictures. They were in full wedding planning mode. Holy shit. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure you're not shocked here as I wasn't. He was convicted and sent to prison. Oh, my God. What's kind of interesting is that Anthony and his mom actually stayed living in the house for another year after this happened. But Anthony started to have lots of nightmares, which rightfully fucking so. Even an adult would have fucking nightmares. Mm -hmm. So eventually they did move out. But the reason I bring this up is because... It planted the seed in people and also kind of me too, which I thought was interesting because we do talk about that nature versus nurture thing, that that trauma could have somehow been a factor in him deciding for whatever his motive was to think to kill his family. Please tell me your thoughts. I mean, oh God, so many. First and foremost, Medicare schemes are crazy in this country. There are so many sting operations that happen, so this that's not surprising. And Florida's especially like one of the highest ones I heard too, because of the retirement community being so large. So yeah, right. And <laughs> fun fact: with Medicare, if you if if you see a patient, and I think physical therapists are on the like the same like chiropractors are. Like if you see a patient with Medicare, you have to bill Medicare. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Like, it's pretty easy to like commit this crime because you have an elderly person or a person who might need more care. So it would not be weird that they would be seeing a physical therapist more than once a week or, you know, more than I would say, like, you and I would see. Mm-hmm. And they do get caught. I mean, there's been some big cases here in California where it's like multi-billion dollar cases where, I mean, they get they get so much time, too. It's not just like, oh, you're going to wait for five years. It's like, no. <laughs> Fuck your life. It's 45 years to life, depending on just just the amount of time you rack up for. Because it's what you have to realize is Medicare is federal. Right. And so not to bore you all with my. No, like, but like, hence why the FBI was the ones investigating him. Yeah. Mm hmm. Sorry, not to bore you all with the other half of my life there for a second. (laughs) No, I chose this because I knew it would relate to your to the real life. (laughs) to my real life. I answer a lot of Medicare questions <laughs> for people, in fact. And I think it's it's horrible if you, you do anything like this because, mm-hmm. one, just like, here's the other thing. Like, a lot of times, depending on their plan, you use up their plan. And then when they really need help, they can't get it. Right. Another bad thing is that you're stealing money from the government, which can then help other areas. So, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> If you're in that profession and you're like, oh, that's dark and genius, don't do it. (laughs) Just don't do it. The other thing is, is the fact that he killed his entire family and the dog is intriguing to me. And the fact that he pretty much was still at the house living there with the bodies and just chilling in a room. Yeah. Which is interesting. And I was like, why would he do that? But then like when you told me the story about his father, Mm -hmm. like he has obviously he has a different relationship with death than the rest of us do right because his father tried to have his mother killed mm-hmm. and kind of in front of him also not a good idea don't again i preach this get a divorce <laughs> it's so much easier than murdering your spouse right if there ever was a tagline for the show it's just get a divorce don't murder your spouse um <laughs> So he like this guy has a weird relationship with death and the fact that he sees it as a way to end like, I don't know, it's like it's the means to an end for him. Like he can't provide for his family anymore. Mm -hmm. So he gets rid of them because like his father, who no longer wanted to be in the marriage, didn't think like, oh, let's get a divorce. Let's just kill my wife. Like, okay, Right. Like the reason I brought up the whole dog thing is that you don't see that too often. When you see this, typically they would kill their family, dispose of the body, but the dog would still be there. Unless the dog saw something, then the dog would probably be acting different and give him away. Right. I don't know. It's it's not like a different type of case, but it's like, it's one of those cases that's like, it's got a lot of layers. It's an onion. It's an onion case. It started as one thing and then they stumbled upon so much more. Mm-hmm. So... And it's just sad. Right. And honestly, like, I'd like to see his psyche valve. Yeah. That he gets done. That would be quite interesting. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was visibly upset when the police came because he was shaking. Yeah. And he had taken all that Benadryl. And apparently that's how he was trying to kill himself or something. They did take him to, I believe, a facility in regards to that, like, Right after when they took him in, I don't quote me on that, but I believe that's something I saw in one of the YouTube videos I watched. 
they're just obviously not released. They're really slowly releasing stuff on this, which within good reason, it's really complicated and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we may get more answers once they actually go to trial and stuff in the spring. I guess we'll just kind of have to stick around and wait for that. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, for sure. But of course, as always, I will keep you guys updated on that. So if there's no, you know, delays or anything like that, which obviously that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they are headed to trial in mid to late April. So April 20th is the tentative date as of now, unless, you know, something happens. But I'll keep you guys updated. That's crazy fast. Right? They're like on it. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So, yeah, that is going to wrap up my stabby for today for you guys. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And we will catch you on Monday for our next regular episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.